Hey church, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with one of our connect group leaders. We really hope it ministers to you. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check us out on our website at prayshopparamount.com. Enjoy this message. The righteousness of God is in this place. The favor that he's shown us in this season has been absolutely tremendous. So I want to say thank you, Pastor Omar, Sister Letty. Uh, this privilege, is, I wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, to the day I die, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege. I want to say thank you to my wife for helping me prepare mentally, taking care of the kids, and making sure that I was all good. And uh, I want to say hello uh, to some of my mentors, Pastor Sam and Lulu, South Carolina. Love you guys. God bless you. I want to read out of Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And uh, before I read that, I want to pray, Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity. Lord, this isn't me taking advantage of anything, God, of an opportunity that man has created. But this is a mandate that you have placed on me to share your word, unrelenting, God, and unapologetically. I pray, God, that the truth would begin to set people free. And I pray, God, that you would be with me as I humble myself to do your work. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Matthew chapter 19, it says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said, All of these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. I want to, uh, I want to add to this, just this amazing series. I'm going to appreciate this series this month on questions Jesus asked and my title, the message and the question that Jesus asked, I want to ask you tonight is why do you call me good? It's important to understand that Jesus isn't questioning his own divinity. Rather, what Jesus is doing is he's going directly to the root and the issue of the rich young ruler's heart. What does good really mean? By human standards, we can say it's upright, somebody that has a great moral compass. It can be somebody that uh, is superior, somebody that's, that gets the approval of many things. Uh, and and uh, it, it's just, it could be quality. But what God calls good is holiness, righteousness, and perfection. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, our own righteous acts are but filthy rags before God. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this is something that the young man had lacked. When the man responded that he met the law standards, Jesus simply did this. He touched on one issue that proved the man did not measure up to God's holiness. The man was not willing to follow the Lord and give up everything he had for his neighbor. He broke two of the greatest commandments that there is. One, he did not love the Lord with all his heart. And two, he did not love his neighbor as himself. And he loved, his, he loved himself and his money more. Far from keeping all the commandments like he claimed, the man was a sinner like everyone else and Jesus proved it. With surgical precision, Jesus exposes the greed in the man's heart Greed that the man didn't even know that he had. When we walk with Jesus, when there's a real communion, 
When we throw out the religion and we throw out all these things that we think God wants or all these things that we fit into this narrative of what church is, when we throw it out the window and walk with Jesus, he will begin to expose things in our heart that we didn't know were there before. The truth exposing sin, that's what it does. And he, this man was deceived. The rich young ruler was deceived. Can I share with you something? I believe that the greatest fallacy in Western Christianity is people are deceived. They believe and bought into this narrative that it's easy to get into heaven. Well, look at me and look at what this good I've done. And we bought into this narrative of, well, as long as I'm good. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Let me clarify something, and let me read it a little different so we could all understand together. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, many enter the wide gate that is broad and leads to destruction. I have great suspicion that as Jesus was talking to his disciples, as he read this verse, that he wasn't talking about the, all of the general population and every single person that walked the earth. I believe that Jesus was talking to the church itself. The verse immediately after, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees. John 3.16, one of the most widely quoted scriptures in all of the world and all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Can I share with you something? We're going to go a little off track here. Is, is the key word is believe. I believe in the devil. I believe that he was given dominion as prince of this earth for now. I believe that he rolls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. I believe that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and to stop any of us from advancing the kingdom of heaven. I believe that. But it doesn't make me a Satanist, and it doesn't make me a devil worshiper. And in the same way, just because you think you believe in Jesus, just because you think you believe in God and walk through these doors, doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a follower of him. It doesn't make you uh, remain faithful in his teachings. I'm trying to get somewhere with you to break the chains and the bondages of religion that have kept us down because we have deceived ourselves. It's not good enough just to believe, just to think that we're good and we have a great moral compass and a moral standard. The way is an intellect and earned by keeping the commandments. It's a person and his name is Jesus. The truth isn't some literature that exposes our sin. It's a person and his name is Jesus. Life isn't just waking up and completing our daily task and saving up money to buy a house. It's a person and his name is Jesus. For John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. There isn't a better way. There isn't an alternative way. It is the only way and his name is Jesus. James chapter 1 verse 22, it says this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourselves. I believe, listen, this is, this is something that just I believe so strongly in my spirit. I believe that hell thrives off of the blood of lukewarm and self-deceived people. We all know what hell is. Some of you have mysticized it. Some of you think that it's this fantasy. But can I tell you, it's a place that we're... That, that, Somebody's going to go when they die. You're going to either go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And 
other than it being a place where there's eternal damnation, other than it being a place to where your body is going to experience physical pain 24-7, do you want to know what's going to be greater pain other than the physical? It's the eternal separation from God the Father. And can you imagine people that thought they believed, that thought they were good enough, the thought of, I could have been with him, while there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, When the truth is anointed by the Holy Spirit, when Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we open ourselves up to it, deception is exposed and we are empowered to choose life or death, truth or falsehood, because truth is passive and it always provokes a response and produces change, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's repentance or whether it's rebellion, there is no middle ground. I believe that we need to repent from seeking information rather than revelation. God is calling us to return to the truth, and that truth is Jesus. I believe that we need Jesus more now than we ever have before. That as long as there is sin, we need Jesus now more than ever before. As long as the devil roams around sinking whom he may devour, we need Jesus more than we ever have before. As long as there are children being sold into sex trafficking, as long as there are evil men that control the world, we need Jesus. As long as tomorrow exists, we need Jesus. As long as my next breath exists, we need Jesus. And we have to return to the truth. To be hearers of the word and doers, lest we deceive ourselves. We need people with a passion and an urgency for the truth. And that is Jesus. God doesn't want your religion. I don't want the power that I see just to be in a message. Just to be in an amazing worship service over somebody's life. I want it to be a reality. I want to be a testimony in my life. Not only do I want God to use me, but I want to break generational curses and I want to build generational blessing. I want my children and my children's children until the day of the Lord, until he returns to remain faithful in his teaching. There's only one way and that is the truth. Without the truth, we'll remain deceived. I want to share this last thing in, in, in Matthew chapter 23, chapter 24 and 25. I was reading it and God had showed me something regarding my message and I'm not going to read everything. But in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus, he says this. He says, look at the Pharisees and be sure that you do what they, what they say, but don't do what they do. Because they're hypocrites. And they act all high and mighty and they want to be uh, acknowledged everywhere they go. And they say, well, look at me and I'm this righteous person. And Jesus says, do, do what you hear from them, but don't do what they do. That's the instruction that Jesus has given us. Matthew chapter 24, he gives us a warning. And he says this, he says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and many will Uh, And many will be deceived and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up in tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Will uh, you, 
uh, many will be offended. You will betray one another and hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all of the world as witness to all nations. And then the end will come. That's the, that's, the first was the warning. First, I'm sorry. First was the instruction. Second was the warning. Matthew chapter 25. That's it. He goes on to talk about he goes on to talk about the the uh, the, the the bridesmaids and and how when Jesus is com- when Jesus comes that's it, the book is closed. When you die, your name is going to be in the book or it's not. And you're going to hear one thing: "Well done, my good and faithful servant." Or depart from me, for I never knew you. I come and I want to tell you: do not be deceived. There is only one truth. It's not found in religion. It's not found in how well you sing a worship song. It's not found in how well you serve and how well you collide to people. It's found in the secret place. It's found when nobody else is looking. It's found when you pray. It's found when you read your word. It's found in humbleness in yourself and saying, "God, I need you. Will you expose something that I didn't know was there?" Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share with my brothers and my sisters. I pray, God, that the word that I spoke would cut deep into their heart. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to do the work that you long to set out to do in each and every person in this place. I thank you for the favor in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Pastor Omar, Sister Letty, I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. I'm just so blessed by you guys. Thank you. Uh, Pastor Isaac, uh, Pastor Rob, I love you guys. Thank you. And your wives, thank you. You guys have been amazing in my life. I really, truly love you guys. Thank you. And to this church, I love you guys as well. Every single one of you. I might not know you personally, but I love you anyway. Just thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So the first set of scripture I have for you guys is Mark chapter 8, verses 17 through 21. Mark chapter 8, verses 17 through 21. And the word of God says, Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all when I fed the 5,000 with the five loaves of bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, he asked them. So what Jesus is doing is he's rebuking the apostles. He's rebuking them because of their hard hearts. Okay. So they weren't trusting in God. They weren't trusting in his power. They're arguing, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? But Jesus is, haven't we gone through this? I've provided for you before. So he gives them a recap of what he's done. Five loaves fed 5,000. Seven loaves fed 4,000. So if we do some addition, 12 loaves of bread fed 9,000 people. Don't you guys get it? So Jesus, he was aware that when he fed the 5,000 and he, and he fed the 4,000, he was aware that they walked for miles. Back in the day, you walked. He was aware that they were tired. He was aware that they were hungry. So he's letting the apostles know, if I'm aware of them, I will always be aware of you. I'm never going to stop being aware of you. So he's, 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 he's putting it so they could understand it. Think about it. 
12 loaves of bread fed 9,000 people. And there was plenty left over. That's what God does. It's not just one blessing. It's multiple blessings. Every day there's a blessing. The fact that you get up, it's a blessing. The roof over your head is a blessing. The family that you do have, that's a blessing. You will always be blessed. But what happens? We need to touch it, right? We become doubting Thomas. I need to touch it, Lord. That's the only way I believe. So I got to see it, Lord. I got to see it. If you, if, you, if you let me see it and I can touch it, then I'll believe you. No. Jesus, just trust me. Just believe in me. 9,000 people receive food. Now you, of course you're going to get fed. Of course I'm going to provide for you. The next set of scripture that I have for you guys is Matthew chapter 8. Verses 26 through 27. Matthew chapter 8 verses 26 through 27. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want to touch on that question. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Some of us, we can't let go of fears, right? The fear of people, the fear of spreading the gospel. What are people going to think of me now that I'm a Christian? Are people going to stop being my friends and we worry? And then what about our past failures? We can't let go of our past failures. Well, you don't understand. In, in the past, uh, people couldn't trust me. I, I never did what I said I was going to do. Man, I was a failure. Why would God love me? Why would God use me? Man, let go. Just let go. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. So the apostles are in the boat, right? The winds, the waves, it's distracting them. They're surrounding, right? They're surroundings, I'm sorry. So let's not forget who's in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Why are you focusing on your surroundings? Focus on who's on the boat so Jesus is with you. Jesus is never going to leave you. So the word of God said the wind and the waves obey him. So I decided to do some research. When I thought of wind, I thought of a tornado. So there's an F1, there's an F2, there's an F3. So an F3 tornado is the most severe tornado there is. And that'll be 206 miles an hour, okay, that tornado, okay. So that's the force that it has. Then I did some research. There's some waves um, in Hawaii that reach up to 50 feet, okay, height. Imagine the power behind it. And the Word of God says Jesus they obey Jesus, okay? The winds and the waves obey Jesus, okay? So I know some of us, we grew up in the streets, or if not in the streets, you had people that influenced you to do evil things, right? They did, and, and we did it, right? If it was do drugs, you did drugs. If it was to ditch school, you ditched school. And you know, you know they were up to no good, and you did it anyway. People that loved you, your parents, they encouraged you, man, don't, don't do it. Don't hang out with them. Your life is going to change, and you did it anyway, and you didn't listen. And I don't, not only did you, did you not listen, I'm sorry, but you fought with the people that love you. You reasoned, you defended these people, okay? So Jesus took three nails for you. Jesus took a beating for you. Jesus died for you, and you're running from him, and you're going to be afraid. And the Word of God says that we, when, when he did that, we were sinners. We were his enemies. The Word of God says we were his enemies. So he did that for an enemy. He did that for a sinner. He took three nails. He took a beating for you and he died for you. No, it shows me that I can trust him. I can trust God. The next set of scripture that I have for you guys is John chapter 6, 
verses 66 through 67. John chapter 6, verses 66 through 67. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? So in other words, God is putting some weight on you. Are you also going to leave? God is asking you to endure, to be patient, to keep on trusting him. Are you also going to leave? Jesus is asking you, go to church. Jesus is asking you to serve your church. Jesus, Jesus is asking you to submit to God. Are you also going to leave? So you're in a tough season. It seems like you have an unanswered prayer. Are you also going to leave now? You know, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of what I'm about to say. You know, life before God, we tried so hard to fit in. We, we looked for the world's acceptance. We did. We truly did. Um, and and the, the funny thing is they would mock us. They would make fun of us. They wouldn't want us around them. And they made fun of And there we are. We wouldn't leave, man. We wouldn't let go. I don't care what you say. You're going to like me. You're going to be my friend. And we did exactly what Romans chapter 1, what, the, what Romans chapter 1 says. In Romans chapter 1, Paul said, not only do you sin, but you encourage others to sin. So you were tempting all kind of people. Hey, man, look, I'm cool. Hey, man, look, I, I can fit in. Yes, you can upset me. Yes, I can be your friend. And you, and, 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 and you run away from God. It's like you were so determined to fit in. You were so determined to stand out. And you lose your focus with God now. Now God isn't good. Now God doesn't love you. Have you forgotten what God took you out of? Did you, did you forget that needle you were hooked on? Did you forget that broken home? Did you forget how lonely you were? Did you forget when nobody wanted you? Did you forget how much he loved you? Do you forget the price he paid for you? He bought you with a price. And we, 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 we seek these people and we're so determined to be liked by them. And Jesus, if you look at his resume, okay, his resume is faithfulness. His, faith, his, his resume is, is loyalty. His, his faithfulness is, is grace, is forgiveness, it's mercy, it's miracles, it's wonders, and it's for you. Mark chapter 5 verse 30. Mark chapter 5 verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? When I see that scripture, Jesus wants us to touch his robe. That's what he wants. So touch his robe. How do I touch his robe? Worship him. How do you touch him? Pray. Look for him. Seek his face. How do you touch him? Read his word. He's going to speak to you. You know, when I look at this woman, when, when, when this woman, I'm sorry. When you look at her story, so we know her issues, okay? We know she's sick. We know she has no money. And we know that she's at the time... Un, uh, she's unclean, okay? So if she wanted to touch Jesus because she's ceremonially unclean, she would make Jesus unclean. That was a big deal. You would not do that, okay? You would not do that. So these are her setbacks. That's a setback because she wants to touch Jesus. We all have setbacks. We all have a setback. Think about it. And what does the devil do in a setback? He gives you all the reasons and he encourages not to pray. Think about it. He gives you every reason. You're, you're, you're giving excuse after excuse. Man, I can't go to church for this reason. Man, I can't go to church because I'm tired. I can't go to church. Oh, you don't understand what's going on in my family. Excuses only produce more excuses. That's all they do. That's all they do. So you know what this woman does? She's like, you know what? We know her baggage. 
We know that she's going through a lot. She's like, you know what? Jesus is surrounded by people. Man, I don't care who's in my way. I have to touch him. I have to touch it. I believe in him. I know that he will heal me. I know that he will restore me. I know that this will happen to me. Okay? So she goes, right? Despite her setbacks, despite her weight. And did Jesus turn her away? Did Jesus embarrass her? Did Jesus run away from her? Did Jesus run from her? No, he didn't. She received her healing. See, so Jesus is showing us. What is he showing us there? Man, just come. Just touch me. Get it right. Whatever it is, just confess it. Come here, look for me. I will always be for I will always be here for you. I will always provide for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. Praise God. You guys excited? Let's give it up for John and Jose. They did an awesome job, amen. Um, I'm just going to uh, speak also in questions um, in Jesus. Uh, I'm going to talk about Jesus healing the 10 lepers. So if we can turn to Luke 17. I'm going to read through 11 through 19. It says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And they went and they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So um, I just wanted to share this story because this is a great story about a man having a lot of gratitude and thankfulness for his healing. He felt the compassion Jesus had on his life. And the only thing he wanted to do was go and give him praise. In Psalms 107, 21, it says this, Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his uh, glorious acts. And that's why I love Paramount Church. Amen. I see a people here that are filled with the Holy Spirit. People here that appreciate their salvation. People here that have been touched by God and been healed by God. And come to service with an expectation that God is going to continue to move in their lives. Amen. It's, it's encouraging to see all the lives that God is changing in this place. And I just can't tell you how amazed I am on what's happening here. But I do want to share that there is more to do. Um, God is moving in here. Uh, he is blessing us. But can I have, I have this question to ask you. Where are the other nine at? Can you do me a favor and tell your neighbor this? We got a lot of work to do. Can you tell your other neighbor? Let's get to it. <laughs> Amen. Pastor Omar preached the message on uh, reach, restore, and release. And on release, he talked about um, that we uh, have a calling in our life and that God uses uh, the people that are unlikely and insecure. And he uses um, us to step out of it. He asked us to step out of our boat of security and that we have a calling. But our calling is not to be consumers, but contributors. Amen. See, God saved us and restored us, and it's good to come in with an attitude of praise and worship, but there's more to do because there's other people that have a testimony for you to share with them. There's other people that, that, that want to hear what God is doing in your life, and it'll encourage them. Uh, but I believe this story uh, is more than a man that has a thankful heart and more than a man uh, that is thankful for what God do, that God's done in his life. Um, it's a story of Jesus making a decision to travel through Jerusalem um, but to get to Jerusalem, he's not going to take the common route. 
You see, there was a, a prejudice between Samar- uh, Samaritans and Jewish people. Uh, there was a, a big divide. They didn't like each other. Okay, uh, Jewish people felt the Samaritans were kind of uncleansed because they mixed with other religions, they mixed with other cultures, so they basically looked down on them. And there was so much of a heavy tension that when people left from Galilee to Jerusalem, they would go the long route, they would go all the way to the Jordan on the east side of the bank, and they would travel down the Jordan and then go and cut, cut back into the, to the land to go into Jerusalem. But Jesus, he decided... To, to walk through um, uh, Samaria to get to Jerusalem because I think he had a purpose and he knew he was going to run into a Samaritan. And, and I just wanted to let you guys know, uh, Jesus um, expresses that we're not supposed to be people that have prejudice. We're supposed to love everybody, no matter what walk of life they have. And he's, he came to break that barrier, to break down that wall, to break down um, whatever is dividing, uh, you know, that type of territory. And he came with the purpose. And, and if you don't believe me, you can read Luke 10, 27 to 29, or it talks about uh, the Good Samaritan. We all know the story that there was a man there that was uh, beaten and robbed. He was a Jewish man. He was left on the side to die. And it talks about a priest came by and looked at him and didn't help him and kept on walking a levite came by looked at him and kept on walking but then there was a samaritan who came and had compassion on him and that's the type of heart god wants us to have to have compassion on those that are less fortunate to be able to build them up more than we can to lay our lives down for others and that's what jesus is trying to do here um so uh i just wanted to ask you what type of barriers do you need jesus to break in your life What's separating you from what God called you to do? What's keeping you from getting fully involved uh, into what God wants to do? Um, I believe we all have mental barriers. We all have um, barriers from our family, uh, divisions uh, that God needs to break in our life. And I just want to encourage you that God is willing to break those barriers. Amen. God wants to break those barriers. He wants to set you free. He wants to change your mindsets. And he doesn't want you to have uh, this type of religious Jewish mindset where people, they they thought they were superior than the Samaritans. So we see Jesus always talking to, to the Jewish people like, that's not the way we're supposed to be. You know, we're supposed to reach out to the Samaritans. We're supposed to reach out uh, to those people that hate us and, and cause harm on us. We're supposed to be a blessing to them no matter what they say to us or what they do to us. Because we know love can ultimately overcome whatever situation they're going through. Whatever hate, you know, love can always conquer. Amen? So, we, I wanted to talk about the Samaritan. Uh, but then I also wanted to talk about the nine lepers. Man, why, did they, why didn't they come back to give God praise? Uh, but one of the things I do want to talk about is... It doesn't necessarily say that they were Samaritans, and it doesn't say that, that they were Jewish. Um, all it says is that there was nine lepers that didn't come back to give God praise. Now, there's a possibility that they were Samaritans. There's a possibility, you know, that they had every right not to come back to give God praise. But there's also a big high chance that these people were Jewish as well. Now, when you're a leper, you're sent to a, a certain colony. You're actually, um, you're, you're kind of like just... You're, you're kicked out of your own town and you're, you're, you're told to go somewhere else and live in these colonies with other lepers if you are unclean. So I, what I think is, is I think these people were, were, were Jewish and they did go into Samaria um, and they were there in these, in these leprous colonies. But what I do want to share is, um, my mouth is really dry. <laughs> Amen. Uh, what I do want to share though is uh, these men shown uh, uh, an ungrateful heart. 
Amen. And if they're a Jewish, they should have been the first ones to go up and give God praise and give Jesus praise and thank him for what he's done. Um, but I do want to share this. These nine lepers missed out on a big opportunity. You see, there was, they got touched and healed by God physically, but they missed out on one important thing. The difference between the Samaritan and the difference between uh, the, the, the nine that didn't come back was not only did the Samaritan receive a physical healing, but he also received a spiritual healing as well. You see, God gave him eternal salvation. He gave him freedom. He gave him breakthrough. And God was willing to forgive him of sins and also uh, be able to forgive his spirit as well. So these nine lepers, because they didn't come back, they missed out on their blessing. And how many times do we see people come in when they're in a desperate situation? How many times when we see people come in that, that they're hurting and they're crying out to God and God heals them and God restores them, then all of a sudden they're like, all right, God, I'm going back to my old ways. How many times do we see people that get healed and get touched and get restored and, and, and they don't want the commitment anymore? They don't want to be fully committed and they end up going back to their own ways. And they get caught up in a cycle and, 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 and you just see them time and time again. You try to help them out. But they're just caught up in a constant cycle. Well, I want to let you know, God wants to stop that cycle. Amen? He wants to stop that cycle. And I, and I do want to close with this. You see, the, the, the Samaritan received a spiritual salvation. And, and the, the scripture, um, 1719, it says this. And he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. And I just want you guys to understand who was Jesus really talking to? Was he talking to the man that was at his feet that was giving him worship and praise? Or was he making a declaration and having people that were witnessing him? I believe there was Samaritans there watching. I believe that there was people there uh, that were Jewish, Jewish leaders, uh, religious people. I believe he was talking to his disciples as well. And what he did right there is he made a big declaration. He said, I'm not only here to rescue Jews. I'm not only here to die on the cross for my people, but I'm here to die on the cross for all people. Understand what I'm saying here. This man, not only was he a Samaritan, not only was he a leper, this man was so far away from Jesus, but God decided to heal him anyways. And God gave him hope and he rescued his soul. And I want to share this with you. This declaration that he made, we know in a couple, in a few more chapters, Jesus is going to be going to the cross. He's going to be going to Jerusalem and he's going to give himself up as a ransom and he's going to die for all the sins of the world. And right here, he's being an example and he's showing his disciples, this is the love that I have. I'm not only here to die for the disciples. I'm not only here to die for Jewish people, but I'm here to die for all mankind. He's here to die for the leper. He's here to give a, a spiritual blessing and, 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 and give, uh, have his mercies and grace, not only on the leper, not only on the Samaritan, not only on the religious people. Uh, uh, you can go on and on, not only on the, uh, uh, the uh, centurion soldier. Uh, Jesus has blessings upon everybody that weren't Jewish. And he's making a declaration here and he's making a stand right now. And he wants his people to see that the love that I have is not only for you, but it's for everybody. And, and I don't know about you, but I think I might need to have to tell this a different way. Right now, what Jesus is saying in this story is, he died for the drug addict. He's here to have mercies on you. 
He's here to forgive you. He's here to restore you. He died for those that have a broken home. And he's here to restore you. He's here to have mercy on you. He's here to give you a a, a blessing. He died for those that feel abandoned, those that are lost, those that are broken. Jesus came and he died, not only for the Jewish people, not only for people in the church, but those that are stuck on drugs, those that are stuck in depression, those that may be suicidal. There's some of you right now in this seat that is contemplating suicide, but I want you to know Jesus died for you so you can have life and have it more abundantly. If there's anything that I can get from this story is a man had a thankful heart, but Jesus was willing to forgive this man that was so far away from him. He was willing to to, to forgive his spirit and forgive his soul and give him eternal life. Something that the other nine will never be able to share. Something that the other nine will never be able to taste and never be able to feel. And I want you to know tonight, you can feel God's presence right now in this room at these altars. I don't know if you're sick. I don't know if you need a healing. I don't know if you need a breakthrough. I don't know if your marriage is on the rocks. But I want you to know the answer is Jesus and he can save you. Amen. If we all can just go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. If I can have Brother John and Jose, if they can come up. I'm going to take up an altar. Um, I'm going to do altar call right now and and, uh, if any of these messages Brother John's message or Jose's message if they touched you and you you want to get you know prayed for them they're here to pray for you but I just want you to know God's God's moving in Paramount Church amen God is bringing in the lost and now they're finding purpose now they're being restored Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.